This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. That is right. You have found the Steelers Standard. Thank you, as always, for listening, whether it's on Steeler.com or Steeler Nation Radio. Kellen Gersky and Jacob Recht here rolling along with you. And um, Jacob and I had a really long conversation about this next uh, topic, and it's diving back into the all-time standard, the, the new um, the new feature here on, on Steelers Standard. And um, we are going to, to rank the wide receivers. And upon further review, I think Jacob and I both, we, we both decided that it's not just wide receivers and this might give a little um it might give a little hint as to one of the guys that's going to be on our uh-huh. list um but it's i think we have to define it as pass catchers um you know nothing against the steelers tight ends of history but i think one really outweighs the others and it's not close by any stretch of the imagination nothing against those guys that have played but there's really only one guy at that you know at that top of the list when it comes to tight ends so we're going to lump pass catchers together in in one uh, in one list um, because again I don't know if we you know if you if you list the tight ends I think everybody knows who number one is going to be and maybe even two and then the rest of them it's kind of a I don't want to say a crapshoot but when you're ranking an all time list you expect the list to be a little better than what it what it looked like right. on paper right definitely so with that being said we're gonna look at a position group that. Man, really has some incredible players over the years. Can and, and we talk about before we get to absolutely. our top five? Yeah, the give guys, some honorable mentions, my guys. guys. So we're gonna upset a lot of people here. Louis Lips did not make either of our lists. No, he did not. This is an era of which the Steelers fans across the nation are are willing to forget like very quickly. He the, was the very 80s. good though. To, to he, give I know he was. However, I always if it's my list, I'm going to say things that I'm familiar with and things that I was told about mm-hmm. growing up. As much as people want to say that Louis Lips was the best thing to happen to the Steelers in the 80s, that's not necessarily the greatest ringing endorsement of your decade if that guy is the best. I mean, maybe he was only the best because there was so little to celebrate. Yeah, But there was no Louis Lips on my list. I don't think there's a Louis Lips on Kellen's list. No. I mean, going down the list, honorable mentions, these are really guys that I grew up watching uh, I'm going to throw out Plexico Burroughs didn't oh, make my list. Yep. Mike Wallace didn't make my list. Santonio Holmes didn't make my list. I know that could probably be a crowd displeaser by leaving off the receiver of the most iconic catch in Super Bowl history. He was only here for three years, though. Only here for a couple of years. Sure, he won the Super Bowl MVP, but... To me, it wasn't enough when you consider longevity. Antoine Randall didn't make my list. Oh, I have a soft spot for Antoine Randall. So he do didn't I. Make my he, list, went, he went to Indiana. I yeah. mean, he was in. in he said all. He said every quarterback record, passing record in school history. So I mean, I loved. I loved Antoine Randall. And there's another guy too. We talked about Cordell Stewart. That was way ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Antoine Randall was ahead of his time. Absolutely, too. no, no I mean, doubt. Super versatile, yeah. and you saw it on display in Super Bowl Forty with the iconic pass from him to eventual Super Bowl MVP Heinz Ward, who we'll obviously talk about. No way, Heinz Ward is just making it as an making it as an honorable mention on either of our lists. Right. But any other guys? I mean, looking at the the era of the '70s, it was led obviously by the two. Swan and Stallworth, but can't forget Frank Lewis, who was also there, uh, just as like a key third guy. Other than that, though, I mean, to me, 
Maybe you want to include tight end Benny Cunningham on that list, another guy who was there in the 70s, another receiving option for Terry Bradshaw. But other than that, I don't think there's anyone worth mentioning in terms of people who we heard about growing growing up, Kellen, because we weren't alive to see, or people in our era, basically from 2000 and beyond. Right, and again, I mean, don't forget too, guys, um, you you think back to – the young money wide receivers, Manny Sanders was here too. Mm-hmm. Obviously he wasn't the the player that he ascended to be. I mean, he was, but he's had such a, a longer career, um, you know, with, uh, you know, other teams and he really ascended. But I mean, again, it just goes to the fact that there has been a really long list of talented wide receivers here um, and, and just pass catchers in general um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So let's dive into our list, Jacob. Um, for All me, right, I'm nervous. Um, at number five, um, he made my list again. This is the guy that we kind of made this little um, uh, addition to, I suppose, uh, making it just pass catchers. But I have Heath Miller. I have Heath Miller as well at number five. I think that when you can sit, I always use this logic for making my decisions for the all time players. You cannot write the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, without mentioning the value that Heath Miller brought to the tight end position. You, you, I'm sorry. You cannot go without mentioning Heath Miller's yeah. name when talking about the story of this franchise. No doubt. By far and away, I mentioned Benny Cunningham uh, in, the, in the late 70s, early 80s, but by far and away, it's Heath Miller who is the best tight end, and there's no one, even Bunny, Benny Cunningham, who comes close to right. Heath Miller. And it's just because the pedigree of the other four guys on this list, all wide receivers— that you have to you have to include Heath Miller on this list, not as an honorable mention, but somewhere in that top five. Yeah, I, I think he belongs in the top five as is a, a top five pass catcher in Steelers history. Um, to put it in perspective for you, he's the fourth leading receiver in Steelers history. It, it's pretty impressive, um, and that's as a tight end. That, right. and that and that is with Ben Roethlisberger. Kind of, he came into the league a year after Ben Roethlisberger did. His rookie year, Heath Miller's was the Super Bowl forty. Uh, the Super Bowl 40 year, um, the year that they won, Ben Roethlisberger won his first Super Bowls. You have to remember those first couple of years, that first half of Ben Roethlisberger's career, he wasn't this uh, guy who was throwing for 4,000, 4,500 yards every year. He right, was, right. he was, if Ben Roethlisberger throwing, if Ben Roethlisberger was throwing 4,000 yards in his first half of his career, it was a big deal because he wasn't the guy to to sling the ball down the field that much. He wasn't getting that many yards. He wasn't getting that many touchdowns. And Heath Miller still was able to get, amass 168 games played and all of those yards. And I believe you said fourth all-time in Steelers fourth history. Fourth all-time, yep. That's, 6, a, that's 000, a huge credit to him. 6,569 yards in his career. And when you consider the, the, the amount of wide receivers he played alongside with. Right. I mean. That's true, too. Hines, we listed a Ward, bunch of them. Antonio Holmes, Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, and Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster, the list goes on. I actually think he wasn't there when Juju no, he wasn't. Was but there. your your points well taken. I mean, so many guys he played alongside with, and he still amassed the fourth yep. most reception yards in in franchise history. That's that's noteworthy. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and looking quickly at, at Heath's first couple years in the league, they they weren't great. His first his first two years, um, only 459 yards receiving his rookie year, 393. His uh, his sophomore year in 2006, but if you look at his numbers after that, his lowest receiving total was 514 in 2008, and he only played in 14 games. 
that's the model of consistency. I mean, Absolutely. You, you look at uh, from 2009 on, he was a Pro Bowler in 2009. Um, he, let's see here, in 2009, he had 789 yards. The next year, 512. The next year, 631. 816, 593, 761. Hell, the last year of his career, he still had 535 yards receiving. Um, he was the model of consistency. And as you said, too, um, it's, it's, it, he kind of was the last notable guy that played tight end kind of that old school way, if that makes sense. Not to say that there aren't guys now that play old, like an old school way, but Heath was just that mold of, I don't want to say slow, and but you get my point. Like, he's not a burner. He's not sure. a big wide receiver sure, like yeah. guys are now that play tight end. Um, he was a true blue tight end. I mean, I know Kelsey is like – Kelsey and Kittle are like Heath Miller times 30 on steroids. But mm-hmm. you get my point. Like, Heath was the last kind of true blue tight end that, you know, did the dirty work. And, you know, he wasn't a burner and he didn't have a huge size advantage or ath- like out athleticism out the wazoo. I know he was athletic, but you, you understand what I'm saying there, Heath – absolutely deserves to um, be in the top five pass catchers um, in Steelers history. And, oh, by the way, don't forget, um, the Steelers fans, I mean, kind of immortalized Heath, too, with the Heath. Absolutely. There's no other Uh, player. I mean, Troy didn't get it. Ben never got it. You never saw it for any other player other than Heath Miller. And, again, that's something that has lived on since Heath has retired. Heath retired in 2015. I mean, you look back to Jesse James. People still yelled Heath when he caught the ball. You know, it's – it's something you know, he's the standard for Steelers tight ends. There, there's no question about it. Um, hell, he's one of the standards for Steelers pass catchers. He's fourth Absolutely. all time. No, as I we think mentioned. he. I mean, the fact that we mentioned so many names throughout the franchise's history, and we still put him in this top five. I mean, we're just two kids who are lifelong Steelers fans who are now living the dream, working for the Steelers organization and and doing this show. But we still believe that there, and, and it's not just us. I mean, you ask Matt and Dale, you ask yeah. Mark Madden, you ask Tunch and Wolf, everyone's going to say Heath Miller deserves to be in that conversation of all-time great Steelers receivers or pass catchers. Yeah, no doubt about it. So let's move on um, to number four. As as we said, me and Jacob both have Heath Miller at number five. I have a feeling this is where we'll differ. It's possible we'll go the same way, but I'm, I'm interested to hear where I, you go. I have John Stallworth at four. Um, okay. I know he's... I actually uh, have the exact same. Okay, cool. So Stallworth, um, as, as we said, he uh, when you look at John Stallworth, he played, uh, let's see... How many games here? Uh, 165 games and started 144 of them. Um, he played, uh, you know, a long time with the Steelers. He was a three-time Pro Bowler, a one-time All-Pro, and the big one, a four-time Super Bowl champion. Um, it doesn't really get much most, better than that. The most important one. And, oh, by the way, he's in the Hall of Fame, too. Um, I know that he is, what, third um, third all-time in Steelers um, receiving yards in a career 8,000 723 um, for John Stallworth, and that's obviously very impressive. The Hall of Fame resume speaks for itself, um, and it's amazing, too. Um, and we'll get to another guy on this list, I'm sure, that played in this era. Um, it's amazing that, yes, throwing the ball was becoming more prevalent, and and you, you see that, that John Stallworth had multiple 1,000-yard um, uh, seasons. He had three, to be exact, exact, but he had a couple where he flirted with it as well. Um, you know, it was still such a different era mm-hmm. of football. You, you know, running the ball was still the way that the offense worked. It was still the way football worked. It's just amazing that guys like John Stallworth and obviously Lynn Swan, who we'll get to, put up the numbers that they did, even though 
passing the football was not the Unheard mode of, of offense. Was, yeah. not, was not the way to get the ball down the field. And the Steelers uh, definitely utilized not just one guy, but two guys in that passing game. And the fact that both of them made the Hall of Fame goes yeah. to show how good both of those guys are. So I said, I mentioned I also have John Stallworth at number four. And for all the reasons that you mentioned, he was as dynamic of an offensive weapon as possible. And one of the most, we talked about this on, on basically every episode of the all-time standard that we've done. One of the lasting images, one of the most recognizable images as a Steeler fan is John Stallworth going over the shoulder the catch against the Rams to basically yeah. seal that win uh, in Super Bowl fourteen? That is something that no one will forget. It is the last Super Bowl that the Steelers appeared in in the seventies decade of their of their seventies dynasty. It was the last Super Bowl of their of their four wins in that decade. It is the lasting image. It is basically the 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 bow, the cherry on top for that decade is that is that John Stallworth touchdown. And for all the reasons you listed, I have him as number four. The guy who I have at number three, however, is his teammate, his partner in crime, Lynn Swan. Okay. I don't have him at, at – at, uh... So the reason I had to go Lin Swan number three is because I know he played in a different era other than that, you know – Heinz Ward and, and Antonio Brown played in eras of which passing was a lot more prevalent, and Lin Swan still was able to amass records in a non-passing league. But I think, iconically, you have to put him here at number three because he he was just one piece of that offense, right? Yeah, you had no Terry doubt. Bradshaw, you had, you had Lin Swan, you had Franco Harris, you had Rocky Blyer, you had John Stallworth. You had so many guys in that team. And yes, Lin Swan has, I just talked about the John Stallworth touchdown against Super Bowl 14, but we'll never forget the, the touchdowns he had in Super Bowl 10 and Super Bowl 13 against the Cowboys. Those two especially, I mean, those are as con- as iconic as it gets. I mean, that guy was a a a B floating, right? I mean, you you talk about guys who were able to go up and, and high point the ball. No one did that better than Lynn Swan, and no one was able to be as acrobatic in the air or making an attempt at a catch as Lynn Swan was. And so I, I look at his numbers and it's astounding to me, Kellen, how similar they are to John Stallworth. So I'll just lift them off for you here. 116 games played by Lynn Swan, 165, a little bit more. So that's the only one that really stands out. And quickly, too, I, I noticed when, when you talk about John Stallworth, the point that I didn't make, he played in 14 seasons, did John Stallworth. And oh, when, yeah. I, when you look at the game logs, a lot of them were due to um, injury. He didn't play a lot of games in a, in a handful of them. I think mm-hmm. two or three, only played in three or four games. Injuries, obviously. Um you know, played a factor in that. Um, but I think the more impressive that, well, not more, I guess more impressive. I have Lynn Swan at two. I should just say that now. Okay. That's fine. Um, we'll talk about Swan here, but, um, I, I think the more impressive thing about Swan is that he did it for just nine years. Mm -hmm. And as you alluded to, um, you know, the numbers are are remotely similar. I mean, I know I'm looking here, John Stallworth had just 3000 more receiving yards Played five more years, too. Played Don't five forget. more years, but they averaged 16.2 and 16.3 yards per reception. John Stallworth had 63 touchdowns. Lynn Swan had 51, essentially the same. You look at uh, receptions per game. Uh, John Stallworth had 3.3. Lynn Swan had 2.9. Mm-hmm. You look at yards per game. 
52.9 for John Stallworth and 47.1 for Lynn Swan. So, yes, you have a little bit of difference there, but really in terms of significant numbers, the yeah. only one that's really different are the games played, and that's just because John Starworth had such a longer tenure with the team. Yep. But I still put Lynn Swan as my number three guy. I mean, we talk about the the two catches he had in the Super Bowls against the Cowboys as forever lasting in, in, the, in, the, in the memories of, of Steeler Nation fans. Yep. I think you have to give him his credit yeah. here, but I put him above I put him above John Stallworth in terms because of his moments. He had bigger moments, I believe, with the team. And he let's not forget he won a Super Bowl MVP uh during one of those four years. It was yeah. it was him, it was Franco Harris and his Terry Bradshaw who won the MVPs for those teams. So I think you have to incorporate that into your opinion of the guy. But I still have him at number three. Yep, I think that's fair. I mean, I have him at number two. Um but uh, when you talk about um, Lynn Swan, just to go over his career accolades, Hall of Famer, obviously, three-time Pro Bowler, four-time Super Bowl champ, one-time All-Pro. He was on the All-70s team, um, won a Walter Payton Man of the Year, too, um, which is impressive. But I think, as you alluded to, Jacob, um, the thing I think that puts him at number two for me is just the fact that, and I don't know if this is some something that a lot of people would would do in their brains, but it's something that I do, and it's that, when you look at Lynn Swan, he kind of he was ahead of his time in the fact of his, as you alluded to, his acrobatic catches, his you know just it, it, the way that he would go up and get the ball. It, it, it was kind of ahead of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, yes, Stallworth was fantastic too in that way. Don't get me wrong, but I think Lynn Swan, um, from everything that I hear from from people that told uh, you know that talk about the Steelers that are older than me, have said he was just different to watch at that point in time in the seventies. And in the early 80s, he was just flat out different. And it kind of plays a little bit more towards the modern NFL. I, you know, I, I don't want to open up that conversation. Could have could Lynn Swan have played in this era or whatever? But again, for me, it just it, he looked more modern out there. He looked more, you know, like a, a, an NFL player now. Not to say that Stallworth didn't, mm-hmm. but just as you said, his moments are huge. Yeah. I mean, they are. Uh, the one, uh, oh, I can't think of who they were playing where he bobbled it and then still somehow like in midair turned and yeah, caught it. No, we all know exactly it's, what you're talking about. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You know, that's a, it's, it's an unbelievable play. Um, and again, that's why for me, he's at number two. I know that's probably a little strange considering he's sixth all time um, in Steelers, uh, just pure receiving yards. He has 5,462 but again, in just a nine-year sample size, and really, he only started two games his rookie year, so it was really only an eight-year sample size. Um, not to say that's not big, because it is, but it's an amazing, obviously, an amazing career. And oh, by the way, he was on the All Seventies team too. Yeah, he was on. The, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, right. If you right, have right. to consider that. I mean, he is on the Hall of Fame. He is on a. He is a Hall of Fame player on a team that sent. I don't even know how many. It's people loaded to with the Hall of Famers. Yeah. I mean, let's consider it. The quarterback. Both, uh, both receivers, uh, the one running back, uh, is the the one center. I, I don't know if the other lineman got there at all, but I don't. And like, what all eleven starters on defense? I'm guessing had to have made it, or at least were c- considered to be in it as it for a time being. I mean, that is a team and and in a span of a decade that sent almost. I would say I would definitely say at least fifty percent of its starters to the Hall of Fame, 
which is yeah. an incredible, incredible feat when you consider how long all those people were on that team together yeah. for and the fact that so many of them were that good on what is considered, I believe, the greatest dynasty in NFL history. And Lin Swan is a huge part of that. I understand what you're saying. The 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 icon of Lin Swan puts him at number two for you. Yeah. But still, I mean, the other guy that I have right ahead of him, who you had right behind Lin yeah. Swan, is also an icon. No but, doubt. But this is a this is a man, Lin Swan, who was an icon on such an iconic team mm-hmm. that the icons just get so lost within the within yeah. themselves. And within that position. Right. Yeah. Within that position alone. I mean, I just talked about how John Stallworth had the incredible catch over the shoulder against the Rams in Super Bowl fourteen to lock down that win to tie a bow on that decade. But Lin Swan, you cannot discredit what he did. I mean, he won the Super Bowl MVP. That is an iconic thing to do. This man is a Hall of Famer. He is an all-time legendary wide receiver for the game of football. And he is, for me at least, the number three wide receiver on this team solely because he was doing it with another Hall of Famer next to him. And so for that reason, I put Heinz Ward as my number two guy. Yep, and look, Heinz Ward uh, is my number three guy. Um, it's still He's still an icon. He's still a a legend in Pittsburgh, no doubt about it. Um, do I think Heinz Ward will be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, that's tough. I don't know. I, here's I, my here's I, my question to you: If Heinz Ward put up the same numbers he did in his career, which aren't you know world beating, I mean, only a thousand receptions and only well, you say only a thousand. Receptions. I know he's the only yeah. guy in franchise history to amass that number, right, but right, there right. are a lot of guys league wide who sure, have done that. Sure, sure. Twelve thousand yards receiving. That's also not. I think super elite. I I could be wrong. I don't really know, but I, I I'm pretty sure it's not not within the top ten. We could say if Heinz Ward just has the career he had, that that's the equivalent of the uh, whatever the equivalent is in the '70s. I think Heinz Ward is pinning out to be a Hall of Famer in the '70s. Yeah. Heinz Ward. Uh, let's not forget too. Heinz Ward. Unlike so many of his of his peers who played alongside him in the 2000s, their style of play would not have worked. In the 70s. I think Heinz Ward's style of play could easily have translated to the 70s, which is why I love him so much, which is why I put him at number two. Yeah, I hear you there. I mean, he's, look, Heinz Ward is is unbelievable. Um, he, he, he revolutionized the position from a blocking perspective. He was uber physical. Um, and real quick, Jacob, I just looked it up. He's 26th all time um, in receiving yards. It's still Impressive. That's still, still impressive, of course. Um, but he, he's not – it's not super, super It's elite. not like he's top 10 in every category. Like Ben Roethlisberger, right? We had the conversation the other day about Ben Roethlisberger versus Terry Bradshaw on our all-time standard. Yeah. And we had said Ben Roethlisberger is going to finish in the top seven or six right. in every major statistical category. That's obviously not the case with Heinz Ward. But I still believe what he did during his time was so – so unique, right? I mean, you had he was playing along guys like Andre Johnson or T.O. or Chad Ochocinco, Marvin Harrison, guys who you could just chuck the ball up down the field and they could just run away with it. Randy Moss yeah. comes to mind, too. A lot of guys who are just traditional wide receivers. Heinz Ward, there was no one who was more willing to lay, put himself out there, lay out in the middle of the field, yep. take a hit just to gain a yard, even yep. one yard. Yep. No guy was more willing to do so than Heinz Ward, and I absolutely loved him for that. Yep. I absolutely adored him for that. And you think about, I think, the last 
catch of his career. Uh, his 1,000 reception over 1, was like a yard. Or, you yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like, it, that's the type of player that he was. Um, and, and, I mean, look, he, he, his accolades speak for himself, too. A four-time Pro Bowler, a two-time Super Bowl champ, um, the epitome of toughness in the wide receiver position. Um, and, by the way, played quarterback at Georgia, too. Um, he was recruited as a quarterback at Georgia, yeah. which is pretty amazing. Um, and also 14th all time in uh, receptions in NFL history, um, top 15 at a thousand. It's pretty impressive. Um, and again, we, we talk about moments. Um, I mean, that, that Super Bowl catch from Antoine Randwell, you mentioned it earlier. Um, we talked about how you know, San Antonio Holmes, how in the, in the all time standard episode for quarterbacks, we thought. Ben Roethlisberger should have gotten the MVP for the Super Bowl 43 instead of San Antonio Holmes because as great as the couch was made by San Antonio Holmes, we all remembered as the drive yeah. led by Big Ben. But for Super Bowl 40, no question it should Hines. have been yeah. Heinz Ward, the MVP. That is as accurate as you can get when it, when when designated that award, and Heinz Ward absolutely deserved it, just like Lynn Swan deserved it in the yeah. 70s. Uh, nearly 40 years before. And to, we talk about, um, you know, like not moments, I guess, but iconic things. And obviously it doesn't get more iconic than, as you mentioned, Heinz Ward smile. I mean, it was it's, it's kind of weird. It was almost, it was almost feared. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, and you knew, um, you know, he would smile after he got hit. He would smile after he laid a hit on somebody. He would smile after he caught the ball. He'd smile after he dropped no the ball. No matter what, you saw that smile. Yep. No, no matter what. There's no doubt about it. And again, um, such a long career for the Steelers, too. Played from 98 to 2011, all with the Steelers, um, even though, you know, his last season was probably his least spectacular. Sure. Um, it did get him to 1,000 uh, 1, receptions on the dot which there is something to be said for that. There, there's no question about that. Um, and again, like I said, he just he just revolutionized wide receiver, the wide receiver position, I should say, with the way that he was physical. And, and, and as you said, you know, Juju, there's been a lot of comparisons in the, in the style of play. And the toughness. In the toughness yeah. between Juju and Hines. Not to say that Juju's the same player because he's not, or that he's the same blocker because he's not. Or that, hell, he's even the same player because, obviously, his career trajectory right now, it would prove to you that it's not. And, and, and as we said, will Juju play for almost 20 years? I, I don't know. But at the same time, there's no doubt that these two share a toughness. And as you said, can go over the middle, um, you know, and get a four-yard reception on third and two. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. that's the type of thing that – and, again, a lot of people probably ask the question – why why are people comparing Juju to Heinz Ward? Well, it's just because of the toughness. And, you know, yeah, he's not going to flash you with his speed or, or beat you with his speed, but he is a, a tough SOB. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Heinz and, um, Heinz and Juju are in that same kind of mold. Heinz Ward brought back the, the true steel toughness yeah. of the 70s to the era of the 2000s. There was no one who better embl uh, was emblematic than Heinz Ward, and that's why I put him at number two. I, I just yeah. thought he was. I just thought he was the perfect encapsulation to the return of of the old steel toughness, steel curtain on the offensive side of the ball. No one did it better than Heinz Ward. No, no I agree with you there. And again, for me, um, when I do these lists, it's who would I want to play wide receiver mm -hmm. for me? And you know, and, and we're gonna get to number one here. As I hope. Um, a lot of you, un at least when, when uh, we talk about, we have one more spot open and we haven't talked about this guy yet. Um, it probably is going to hurt some people's ears, mm -hmm. but 
in my opinion, and in, in your opinion too, Jacob, the best receiver in Steelers history is Antonio Brown. Um, I put him at number one too, Kellen, and it's only because when Antonio Brown was in the middle, was like even by 2017, his last truly great year, because 2018 was good, but not nearly up to the standard of his seasons that came prior to that. 27, I remember sitting to my saying to myself in 2017, Antonio Brown could retire the best receiver to ever play the to play the position. No doubt. Not even not let, let alone Steelers history, he could retire as the best player to ever play the wide receiver. Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, the, honest to god that um I mean, you look at that stretch from 2013 to 2018, so that's six seasons, five years, six seasons. Um he didn't have lower than 1284 yards. Mm-hmm. Um that's astonishing. Didn't it, have, it really is. Didn't have less than 101 receptions. It's amazing. And as you said, didn't have less than eight touchdowns per yeah. year. As you said, uh there was a point there where you honestly thought he's the best receiver. And honest to god, even as we sit here today, he still might be the best receiver I've ever seen play. Right. And um, I, I mentioned 2018 wasn't necessarily his best year. You know, you look at 2013, he had 110 receptions. Then it went to 129. Then it went to 136. Yeah. By the time 2018 rolled around, he had 104. He was at he was doing 1499. He was doing 1698. One year he he eclipsed 1533 yards, but in 2018 he only got to 1297. But his his career high in touchdowns was achieved in 2018. He got 15 touchdowns that year. Yeah, he was down in yards, but 15 touchdowns. Down in yards, himself. down in receptions, but definitely put yeah. the ball in the end zone. Yeah, no doubt got about it. Uh, I mean, in his nine-year career with the Steelers, 11,207 career uh, receiving yards, and that's second only to Heinz Ward. And again, when you think about the sample size, as I said, nine years with the Steelers um, that, that Antonio Brown had, Heinz Ward had almost 20. Um, so to be only a you know a thousand yards behind him um, is pretty remarkable. And again, I think the thing that works against Heinz Ward, and I know we're not talking about Heinz Ward, but mm-hmm. when you talk about the Hall of Fame, and and this is the first thing that pops in my head when you talk about Antonio Brown, when you talk about Heinz Ward, was he ever the best receiver in football? No, no. Not even close. Antonio Brown was the best receiver uh-huh. in football for five straight years. Heinz Ward has every single record owned for a receiver in yes. Steelers franchise history. If nothing goes wrong with Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, even in the next, not necessarily has to play out another 10 years. Right. If he plays another three years on his pace, he breaks yeah. every single record. Yeah. Maybe even two years because... Oh, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. He had 837 receptions. In nine years. In nine years. So you're telling me he couldn't get in a two-year span 160? He could do that. I mean, 136 he, he, is as high. Exactly. But he, he could get he damn could get, close in one year. Exactly. If, if he had the nose, if, he'd, if he knew that he was close to breaking a record within a one-year span, he would say to himself, I'm going to break that record. Yeah, right. And that's the type of th- player that he was. Again, we know that... Super problematic of an ending. Yes, and the the off-the-field stuff, it's bad. Um, And, oh, by the way, um, to add to Antonio Brown's resume, he is a Super Bowl champion now. Seven-time All-Pro, or seven-time Pro Pro Bowl, or four-time All-Pro. He's on the 2010s All-Decade team, and he's a Super Bowl champion. Look, if he catches on somewhere, and and it's – well, if obviously he looks like he's going to be playing in Tampa Bay this year. Um, And if he is just productive for the next five years – Honestly, I still think he's a Hall of Famer. I, I really do. Uh, uh, look, I, I, know, I don't know if I want him to be, but man. you gotta. You, you're you're kidding yourself 
correct if you're not considering him as the best receiver to ever play for the Steelers. I would oh, right, say that. Right. There's no doubt. I think he's the best receiver ever. But I, I don't ever know if I want to see him go into the Hall of Fame, Kellen. I really don't. I know. I hear you. But again, I mean, that pace that he was on in 2018, I know he played one game in 2019. But you look at what he did with the Patriots, albeit in an eight-game span, He's still one yeah. of the best players in the league. I mean, he's still one of the best receivers in the league. Absolutely. As much as you might hate the guy, it, it is the truth. Mm-hmm. And if he catches on it and, and and you know keeps his head on straight, I know it's a big ask. He could be down for the Hall of Fame. He very well could be. I mean, as I said, he was the best receiver in football for five straight years. Abs- no questions asked. And I don't think it was really close. Offense or defense, he was the best. He was the best player, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Offense or defense, he was the best yeah. player. No doubt. And so that's going to do it for... Um, another uh, edition of the uh, all-time standard here on Steelers Standard. That'll do it for this episode. Uh, I'm Kellen Gursky, and for Jacob Recht, thank you for listening to uh, our show, whether it be on Steelers Nation Radio or on Steeler.com. Um, we will talk to you what, Wednesday. We will talk to you Wednesday here, give you some fresh new content here on the Steelers Standard.